0: you fake podcast music that was kind of a weak start
1: are we criticizing me today though No. is it because earlier (laughs) yeah
0: ellie yelled at me earlier i did we're actually i feel like we're just doing the wrong
1: kind of podcast You think that we should argue about romance? Because basically that's what we do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's what we do prior to these. Yes. We sit and she... uh, We
1: are yin and yang She yells at me. A little bit. I yell out of excitement. You were yelling. I'm an excited yeller. You were screaming at me. I was not screaming. She was screaming at me. Oh, no. I am a screamer, but not that time. We're going to start
0: recording prior to recording so people can hear us. Do you know? I got my... So I got my hair cut. You know, but they don't. I got my hair cut. Mm-hmm. And I got bangs. They do make you look young. I know. Ten years. I mean, this cut ten years off my life. Right. And when I look in the mirror... well, off your look, not your
1: life. You're like, I'm ten years healthier. Fuck you. That's how I felt. Oh, I'm sorry. God, this is what I'm talking about. Sorry. Come
0: on. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it anymore.
1: Okay, you're ten, 10
0: years... Ten years... Younger. ...off my look... Yes. ...only... <laughs> Okay. Yes. But I sit there and think, wow, I look younger, so my chances of getting murdered have actually gone up. Yeah, gone up. <laughs>
1: like, because you're was, now back in the range of when you get serial killed. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm back I think my all it goes up to like 28 or something like that. Which it would be 28 because I just turned 38. Yeah. Oh, you're a little tiny baby girl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about tonight? Well, I was gonna say the part where hello, welcome to Michigan. You did.
0: <laughs> really you immediately it said was it was weak. you immediately said it was weakened <laughs> so 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 there jen so uh, but damn please. finally it was me though <laughs>
1: look at those smug over you're here
0: just, <laughs> yeah you guys are really missing I it I
1: a, one smug bitch over Whoa. here okay.
0: <laughs> okay let's restart you no mind. I'll, I'll just go the voice for your host are ali and jen
1: you guys know Split. the
0: rest <laughs> my bitching rights <laughs> like, Don't damn worry. it just for the next five minutes
1: you know me I mean yeah I jump yeah, back in <laughs> well you ain't gonna you're gonna forget it so I'm good exactly what uh, are you talking about I actually you know we did um John Doe's from Michigan mm-hmm. I have Jane Doe's and usually I have a harder time finding anything associated with women but Jane Doe's were so much more exciting than John Doe's let me really? tell you oh
0: yeah wow yeah. Well probably because more women get killed than men.
1: 100%. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Finally we're beating men at something. <laughs> yeah. Woo! <laughs> Go us. Right? What you got? I'm going to talk about Wallace Sousa, okay. Souza. S O U Z A. Okay. He's a he was a Brazilian television presenter and politician who killed people to increase his show rating.
1: Ooh. Ooh, you want to go first oh, I, i'm actually offering the time to see i'm not no even, you always just tell me oh first even, <laughs> even <laughs> last episode no i went last yeah but you told me you were going last <laughs> yeah you're right like i said before i don't know why i like treat you like you have a choice like, oh, I, know. I mean i guess if you insisted i would back down I insist. Okay. No. Well, I was gonna say, but you'd have to tell me on what. Yeah. <laughs> For I don't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Damn, man. I think over. it's because we're just like okay, so we we recorded a whole bunch because we needed a break. hmm Because we both had a whole bunch of shit to do. Yep. Like you just popped your head up after a long school <laughs> final
0: and all sorts of work stuff. Yeah, and people should notice that because, mm-hmm. you know, we have all these continuing
1: conversations coming out late. Mm-hmm. But we, I did them. Yeah, and then we had a break, and now we are just like caffeine lated people trying to once again jump get a jump on the podcast game. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry, go. And act like we know what we're doing. That's my favorite part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Wallace mm-hmm. had a show called Keno.
1: Okay. I'm sure it sounds sexy.
0: C-A-N-A-L. Yeah, it probably sounds... It sounds sexy when you say it. In
1: Spanish. hmm
0: Live, which was a show about crime and social injustice. It showed police chases, raids, arrests. The program ran from 1989
1: to 2008. So, so like, like, our... Cops bad and boys and i hated bad. that show oh i love that shit really
0: i hated that show. Okay. It was
1: so stupid when i was first a single parent and you know i'd put ariana to bed she's going to bed around 7 7 30 at night i think it was 7 30 and then you know on a friday my daughter's in bed at 7 30 i can't leave the house i don't have any cable we're broke as shit and i'm like bad boys bad boys it's one of the few channels i can get in with my antenna It's <laughs> so. i'm telling you when you're poor you will learn to like things like i guess i like cops now yeah <laughs> right? <laughs> right yeah right yeah
0: Prior to being a television presenter and politician, he was a police officer in the late 70s, but was fired after he was arrested for uh, petrol theft and pension fraud. Oh. So this is a good note, okay, right now. So we know that he's a television presenter, as they call them. And that he used to be a cop, which I think gives him an edge. And then he was, and he became a politician, but yet, before all that happened, yeah, he's a cop who gets fired for theft and fraud. Yeah. So he may, obviously and after that, made he a became politician.
1: A, I was going to say, after that he became a politician, because that's the next step. Once you do fraud and theft, you're a politician. I think that is the next step.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, I thought that was only in the United States. No, Apparently it's everywhere. everywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, while doing
0: the show, he started his political career... So that was in 1998. Okay. With the Liberal Party. Uh Then he moved to the Social Christian Party. Okay. And later on, um, in the 2000s, he was elected the Legislative Assembly of Amazonias. Ooh. Ooh. That actually sounds sexy, too. Yeah. Does Brazil sound sexy as a country? Yeah. Yeah. In 2009, he was accused of hiring a hitman to kill five people. Oh. Suspicion grew when police noticed and thought started realizing that he was always the first to the scene of the crime. A police officer even accused him of carrying out one of the murders himself. So when the police would get there, he, he said, was already rolling. He was already filming his show. When oh, the cops, like he was freaking so right, yeah. He's already halfway to his monologue. All these years, all these years for somebody to be like, "Whoa!"
1: Well, you know what? I bet like any other human. At first, he started off like really cautious and waiting till it's on the police radio. Then you start to get bolder. The more time that goes, and finally, you're just you know killer and immediately turn around and start filming. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So when his home was searched, they found weapons, ammunition, cash. He was charged with murder, drug trafficking uh witness tampering illegal guns and creating a criminal gang
1: dang
0: it was said that he him and his son that's where the drug trafficking came in they did that together oh wow supposedly wallace actually died from a heart attack in 2010 so he was charged in 2009 died of heart attack
1: in 2010 ah
0: You can check out Killer Ratings on Netflix. It's a documentary series focused on his life. But I'm just going to let you know this. Yeah? Did you already watch it? Okay. Not. I had stumbled upon this and thought, wow, holy crap. This dude's killing people so he can get good ratings. Yeah. That's some cool shit. Yeah, it is. And then I had seen an article about, there was a documentary. Very popular, supposedly. It's a very popular... Like, top-rated Netflix documentary. So I'm like, oh, i got to watch that. So I turn it on. And I like to watch documentaries while I run on the treadmill. Okay. So last night, I get it all set up. It starts. You're I'm running on the treadmill. Imagining serial killers chasing you. you. (laughs) And then my... It's all crushed. It's in freaking Spanish, and I have to read the subtitles. And your eyes are bouncing as you're running. (laughs) But... Yes, I could not, it's so god darn fast you can't concentrate on running on the treadmill and read at the same time. You know, uh, I can only do one thing at a time. <laughs> um, But I hate shows that only have subtitles. Your I bro- hate reading the TV. Your brother is the same way. I never, I can't pay attention to... The show, the pictures on the screen, I am constantly just reading the words. And it's stupid. So I was so upset. Everybody says it's so great, but I can't freaking watch it. Oh. I even tried after I was done running, like, oh, let me try it. But no, I just can't.
1: Oh, see, I don't Like, I'm thinking time. about watching it yeah?
0: with the volume off so I can just watch the
1: pictures and pretend what they're saying. Oh, see, I don't mind reading subtitles, but it. your brother absolutely hates it. Like, there's a, there's a movie that I love called Kung Fu Hustle. I love that movie. It is a brilliant work of art. I love that movie. And your brother, we have to play the DVD because, like, I think on one of the streaming devices they only do subtitles and he can't have that.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Oh, I have to put in my DVD so he has the, the dub version. <laughs>
0: yeah. My yeah. my son watches something. Some anime thing. Mm-hmm. And he'll try to get me to watch it. And I'm like, um, it's subtitles. Yeah, Like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And I just can't. Sometimes you just can't keep up.
1: Oh, see, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Usually, I could tell. Well, I mean, I, I'm
0: not. I mean, I, I think I'm a good reader, but of course you're a good not, not. You're when like that speed not reader. Not when, yeah, this shit's <laughs> coming and flying. You're trying
1: to look up at their eyes and down at the. I was so upset. Uh. I was upset.
0: So I need you to watch it and then let me know. I will.
1: Okay, I'm going to tell you about some Jane Doe's. Okay. So, well, every and just so you know, don't freak out. We figure out who everybody is. Okay. So an unidentified woman was found shot to death by a hiking trail on the Nevada lakeside of Lake Tahoe in 1982. The woman had been sexually assaulted and shot twice in the head. She was dressed like she was going to go to the lake. She had a bathing suit on underneath her t-shirt and jeans. No identification was found near her body and she didn't match any missing person reports. And she was named after the trail that she was found found by, which I'm like, oh man, too bad she wasn't found by a sexier trail name. Because (laughs) she was called the Sheep's Flat Jane Doe. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was the Sheep's Flat Trail. I know, that's why I was like, too bad she couldn't be found by like Petunia Trail or something. She could be the Petunia Jane Doe. So the murdered woman was believed to be of European descent and was based, based on an inoculation scar on her left arm and the type of dental work she had performed. So Europeans used to be inoculated for tuberculosis and smallpox, causing a a scar on their arm. My dad has one because he was from Greece and he got the inoculation. So detectives were able to retrieve DNA from her attacker on her bloody shirt and more came from a rape kit that was performed. Because remember back in the day we didn't know about that stuff. Mm-hmm. She was buried and the case went cold after searches failed. The original detective from the case retired, but it was opened again when the sheriff's office created a cold case squad in 2014, 32 years after her body was discovered. So in 2015, Detective Dave Jenkins from the Cold Case Squad came forward with a new theory. He believed that the woman was possibly an American who had purposefully separated from her family. He believed that a missing report um, hadn't been filed because no one knew to miss her. Like it, like one of those like if you run away, tell your parents I'm never coming back, and you never do, they don't know that a you know that you went missing after that because you purposefully left. Yeah. So. His, in 2008, Detective Jenkins' theory starts to get some traction. After attending a lecture on forensic genealogy given by Dr. Colleen Fitzpatrick, who works with the DNA Doe Project, he solicited her help in identifying the suspect they believed murdered Jane Doe. So now he's using these genealogy databases. He's trying to figure out who she is and who killed her because he has her DNA and their DNA. So he's, oh, I wrote, at the same time, he's combing combing through databases trying to find her identity. So Mm -hmm. he's looking for both. It took a lot of work, several databases, reverse engineering, and some good old-fashioned police work. Trying to determine whether or not the Jane Doe might be a woman named Mary Edith Silvani, they contacted the Detroit police and people who used to live next to her in the 1970s and 80s. So they were able to find her neighbors from the 70s and 80s. And this is in 2018. Wow. Yes. So the Detroit police were able to locate fingerprints from a 1974 loitering case against her, against Mary Silvani. And they considered the fact that the prince had survived all these years in a massive warehouse was just like a miracle. Yeah. And the police matched the sheep's flat jane doe till Mary Savani via fingerprints. Oh wow. So go him. Yeah, and they're able to look into her using the genealogy database. They're able to find a few people she could be and they narrow it down. So taking the information from the prints and the DNA snippets, police were able to find two distant cousins and a nephew in the public genetic databases that we have. They determined definitively that she was the sheep's flat jane doe was truly Mary Zavani, who was born in Pontiac, Michigan on September 29, 1948. She grew up in Detroit with two brothers, Robert and Charles, and with her father, who was her primary caretaker. Now, their father died in 1964 when she was 16, and her mother was estranged from her husband and children years before she died in 1980. Mm-hmm. So when Mary was young, her mom abandoned the family, and her dad cared for everybody. Her dad dies in 19, and when she's 16, so now there's no parents in the picture. After Mary's father's death, Mary and her brothers moved to the Bronx for a short time to be with their aunts. So, however, they moved back to Michigan so they could finish high school in Detroit. After, the three, after they all graduate, the three children split up. Mary and her brother Charles moved to California, and Robert stayed in Detroit and had a son, Robert Silvani Jr., and that's the nephew that would later be linked to Mary's body through his genetic code. They're able to link him mm-hmm. to Mary. And he also ends up abandoning Robert in Detroit, and he moves to California. So her brother Robert abandons his son Robert and also moves. Okay. Okay. So Robert Jr., who is now 53 years old, grew up without any family on his father's side. His paternal grandmother um, was estranged from her children. His paternal grandfather passed away. His Aunt Mary and Uncle Charles, and even his father never contacted their family in Michigan again after they moved to California. Wow. So once they moved to California, that's it. No more contact. Police were able to link Mary's body to her brother Charles. Charles had been wanted had been wanted by the police regarding a fatal shooting in Fresno, California, of a bar owner in 1972. His accomplice in the murder of the bar owner was charged and convicted. So he, her brother Charles, murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. Charles himself was briefly a John Doe. With his body being found three months after his sister's death in 1982, he had committed suicide. So in 1972, he kills somebody. He's on the run. In 1982, his sister goes missing. And after his sister goes missing, he commits suicide.
0: Wow. He's
1: briefly a John Doe before he's identified. Mm -hmm. So the detectives found more information in the genetic databases. They found the identity of Mary's killer with the help of Dr. Colleen Fitzpatrick. The man suspected of her rape and murder was an illegitimate illegitimate child, matching as a grandson to a Texas couple. He had been raised by his mother, away from his father's family, and was given a different last name as he was born out of wedlock. James Richard Curry confessed in early 1983 to the murder of three women in California. James had attempted to commit suicide after being taken into custody and died from his injuries at age 33 on January 7th, 1983. So he tried to kill himself, doesn't quite work, and just dies. And it was his children that provided their DNA so that the police were able to make a conclusive match to Mary's killer. So the police came to his kids and said, your dad confessed to killing three women in 1983. We think there's another fourth woman. Could you please provide your DNA? And they said yes. And that's how they were able to identify Mary's killer. Wow. So yeah, Mary was killed by a serial killer. Hmm. So, the other one I have is Dolores Griffin, who was 34 years old. She disappeared from her home in Romeoville, Illinois, on October 24th, 1975. And, uh, let's see, Dolores' daughter, Sheila Henson, came home and found both her mom and her mom's car were missing. Sheila, who was the oldest child of three, was only 13 years old when her mom disappeared. Immediately, Sheila and her two siblings believed something terrible had happened. They had an extremely abusive father and a mother who was always home when her kids arrived. Sheila claims that her mother dis- the, that when her mother disappeared, her dad came home covered in mud and then burnt the clothes he was wearing. <laughs> that is fine. Yep. His behavior that day was considered strange by his children, and he grew increase, increasingly erratic until he committed suicide about six months later. And Sheila is quoted as saying, "So here's the quote: We knew he killed her. We just knew it." We all knew she would never come back, end quote. So Dolores' mom raised her three children until after the death of their parents. Shortly after Dolores disappeared from her Illinois hometown in 1975, the body of a woman was found in Sterling State Park in Michigan. The female body was floating one of the park's lagoons. She had been severely beaten. Both her cheekbone and jaw were broken, and she had stab wounds to the chest penetrating her heart. Monroe County's sheriffs um, took the fingerprints, evidence, the hair samples, and her silver wedding band. The fingerprints were sent to Detroit for a match, but nothing was found, and she was buried as a Jane Doe in Roselawn Memorial Park. But I just want to be like, this is how serial killers get away with shit. They're from Illinois. The body's found in Michigan, so Michigan searches their database. Mm -hmm. So, of course, they don't find her. She's not from Michigan. And that's how you get away with some serial killing, right? So, in the late um, 2010s, Lori Brusky, who works for the Missing Persons Bureau. I love bureau, that last name, Isn't just... it right? I know. <laughs> if, you're like, if I'm ever changing my name, that's going to be it. Yeah. Right? Okay. Oh, she works for the Missing Persons Bureau in North um, Texas University. She contacted Dr. Mike, or doctor. I don't know why hey. I said that. <laughs> he's not a doctor, he's a detective. <laughs> All I need is like five, five cups of coffee and the letter D, and I'll just start making <laughs> it up words. So, Detective Mike Predmore from the Michigan State Police, she was working different cases and noticed the close time frame from Dolores being missing from nearby Illinois to the Jane Doe being found in Murrow County, Michigan. So, I did look it up. And it's about a four and a half hour drive between the two areas, between the portion of Illinois and Michigan. Mm-hmm. The doctor, um, detect, wow. what the fucking doctor what? again, oh I don't know. I'm telling huh. you, I really think there's vodka in your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Fedmore was able to obtain DNA from Jane Doe's hair and then track down her family members for a comparison, and it was a match. So it really it is that girl's mom. Mm. It is Sheila's mom. So un, it is unknown as to why Mr. Griffin might have chosen Michigan as a dump site. Sheila has a theory that her father might have had a girlfriend in the area. Sorry, I just hiccuped. Wow, that. that's like a. I mean, my kind
0: of relationship. You know, you're in Illinois, and you're, a good distance. Yeah, you're right? in Michigan. That's
1: good shit, right? That so, is some distance. That is some distance. Yeah, it was about four and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. Dolores's mom, who is currently 99 years old, lived to hear that her daughter had been found. Sheila, who is now 56 years old, is relieved to have found her mother after spending 40 years looking for her body. Because so remember, they never believed their mom to be alive. They always believed that their dad killed their mom. Mm-hmm. Dolores' children are working on having their mother exhumed and moved to Kentucky, where they now live. Since Sheila's father is dead and the case is decades old, it may never be officially closed. But, however, it's resolved in the mind of Dolores' children. Why wouldn't they officially close it? Because they don't have enough evidence to close it, to conclusively say that he killed her. They don't. There's not enough evidence and there's nobody to have on trial. Everybody's dead. Hmm. So, my last one is this one. Carol Cole. On January 28, 1981, a female body between the ages of 15 and 21 was found hidden in the trees in Belleville, Louisiana. She was named the Bossier Doe. After the parish she was found in, Bossier was the name of the parish. Does that sound familiar to you?
0: No, I was just thinking like, if I ever was a Jane Doe, Uh I need to, I hope they give
1: me a better name. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I hope I get found by something. Remember the one guy that we were, for the guys, they nicknamed him Jack because he was found by a Jack in the Box? Mm. Like, hopefully I get a good name. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Something, <laughs> something better. I'd be like,
0: I'm sorry, you can't murder me here. Yeah. I'm going to need you to move down the street because uh, I'm not going to like this name.
1: Yeah. Well like, the Sheep's Flat, dough, I was like, if only you could it have been found by Eureka Road, because I'd be Eureka, Doe. Yeah. I mean, that sounds go. like I'm surprising people. Eureka. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> So she was fully clothed, including wearing a belt that said Buffalo nickel and that had a buffalo design. She had freshly painted fingernails. The victim had also been stabbed nine times. A knife found near her remains was determined to be the murder weapon. The young woman was thought to be white with possible Native American ancestry. She had been murdered four to seven weeks before her body was located. So you know right there we have trouble finding stuff. Her remains were unrecognizable due to the heightened state of decomposition. I mean, I'm telling you. Bugs are kicking down in Louisiana. You know what I mean? They could tell that she had worn braces and that had the brackets removed by someone not affiliated by orthodontics. So, you know, she or someone else popped her braces Mm -hmm. off. And most of the evidence recovered at the scene was lost to a fire in 2005. Henry Lee Lucas, a known serial killer, was convicted of murdering 11 people and condemned to death. He was known to falsely confess to murders. And he confessed to the murder of this Jane Doe. And his claim was not considered credible as he was known to be in Florida, not Louisiana Louisiana at the time. Mm-hmm. He's another one of those guys that tried to claim he killed people he didn't kill. I yeah. think you really need to be a badass in jail and a good way is to up your numbers. You know? Okay. So Carol Carol Cole and her sister Linda, who goes by Jeannie Phelps, grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Primarily in the custody of their grandmother. Their parents were divorced and they weren't always able to take care of their children. I'm going to guess they might have had some drug problems from what I read. And so they couldn't always take care of their kids, so they kind of went back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol was born in 1964, and she decided to leave Kalamazoo to live with her mom in San Antonio, Texas, in 1979. One year later, at age 16, Carol was living at a girl's home. The home was in Austin, Texas, and it was run by Palmer drug Abuse, uh, the Palmer Drug Abuse Program. And Carol lived there from May of 1980 to October of the same year. While Carol and her sister were separated, they regularly talked to each other on the phone and exchanged letters with each other. And unfortunately, all the communications ceased December of 1980. Their grandma was able to track Carol, which I'm like, "Go grandma because we didn't have fucking Google back yeah, then. This right? is 1980. <laughs> this isn't a grandma being a fucking badass. Yeah. right So the grandma's able to track Carol to a residence in Louisiana that said, they said, you know, yeah, she was here, she lived here, but one day she left for a party and just never came back. And for some unknown reason, nobody can determine why, the grandma was like, is that my granddaughter, that Jane Jane Doe, it's about the right area. And the medical examiner was like, no, that's not her, it can't be her. So I don't know why. At one point they thought they might have had her age wrong, and that's how they thought that maybe they, you know, they had the age of the Jane Doe wrong. Well... Jeannie filed a missing report for her sister, Carol. The missing report was entered into the NAMIS database, which is the National Missing and Unidentified Persons Systems database. As time passed, Jeannie and a childhood friend of Carol, her name was Patty Thorrington, used Facebook and Craigslist to gather awareness for Carol's case. Carol's grandmother had passed away by this time, but Jeannie would not give up on finding her sister. So, on February 6, 2015, the Bossier Parish Sheriff Department, so the Sheriff's Department in Bossier, started a Facebook page on the Bossier Doe. And within one week of the page's creation, over 1,000 people had friended the page. That same day that the Facebook page was created, Linda Erickson, who is a 911 operator, saw the police rendition of what they thought the Jane Doe looked like and then she notified detectives when she saw a Craigslist ad with a photo of Carol Cole. So she, uh, the Facebook page from the sheriff's office has a rendition of the Jane Doe. She looks on Craigslist and finds an actual picture of Carol. And she calls the police department and tells them that she thinks the two match. The Craigslist ad had been placed by Linda Thorington, Carol's friend. And a week after the Facebook page was created, the sheriffs were emailing Linda. Like, mm. oh, can you give us some more? So, DNA tests were conducted, and it was confirmed that the Bossier Doe was Carol Cole. Carol's family was struggling to come up with the money to rebury her and provide her with a headstone, because you don't get one when you're a Jane Doe. A uh, GoFundMe page was created on June 8th of 2015, and Carol was buried in Comstock um, Township, Michigan. Hmm. The person responsible for her murder was believed to possibly be Don Chesson, who had a history of being abusive. It was John Chesif and his daughter, Frances and his son who found Carol's body in the woods. So he found it with his daughter and his son. Frances believes that her father killed Carol and then brought his children on a hunting trip for them to be like his alibi when he finds the body because he had never taken the kids hunting before. So then he's like, kids, would you like to go hunting for the first time? They're like, yeah. And he's like, oh, look what we found, a dead body. Why? Why wouldn't you just leave it there? Why did he find the dead body? Yeah. Oh, to be found? Because serial killers like for the body to be found. Mm-hmm. We've seen that before. Yeah. Um, so he was considered to be a person of interest by the police for Carol's murder. And he was already convicted after that of killing his estranged wife's, for, um, his estranged wife's mother. So John's son, one of the witnesses to finding Carol's body, committed suicide in 2008. And John Cheston himself is incarcerated for life for the murder of his mother-in-law. So why don't they t- test the DNA? Of what? They don't have any DNA for Carol, for oh. her killer. And she was found, she had been already been decomposing yeah. for a I long get. time. Yeah, yeah no I DNA on her. That. So yeah, Francis thinks her dad killed him. Hmm. Yeah, because she was like, we never went hunting before, we never went hunting after, I don't think it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. Isn't it? That's some weird ass shit. You've been listening to Michigan Another Mayhem with Allie and Jen. Connect with us at michigananothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, or correct us when necessary. Rate subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.